Is anybody glad to be at church tonight? Amen. I was last here um, in October of 2022 uh, for the youth retreat. I know you guys have that coming up. It's going to be a great time. And it's just amazing to see the transformation since last October, not just uh, on the campus aesthetically with all the renovations and everything that's going on. Pastor Brother Jordan showed me uh, the gym and everything that's happening. Uh, the building looks different. Uh, there's a lot that you guys have renovated, but even just more than that, the transformation that I feel in the spirit. I believe the natural for this church reflects the spiritual that you guys are moving forward. It's a great day to be a part of this amazing church. Anybody believe that? Amen. And I'm very thankful for a pastor who's not just uh, settled and comfortable with just maintaining but wants to move ahead, wants to have revival, wants to reach this city, and wants to make a difference, and wants to continue in the work that Bishop has started. There's, there's a lot of great things happening at this church. And if you're a guest tonight, and if you're looking for a face, uh, place for you to plant your family, you found the right place. Amen. This is the right church to be a part of. Anybody believe that? If you love your church, I want you to clap your hands and give Jesus praise for it. Amen. And I am so thankful that we were able to, to make it happen. I give honor to Bishop and Sister Gilbert. So thankful for this family. So glad to see him. Thankful for many great years of leadership. And I give honor to Pastor Darren and Sister Ginger and their family. Love them. It's always so good to see Sister Ginger. I told Pastor Darren, every time I see her, it just makes my heart happy. Amen. I love seeing a miracle. Amen. These are not just friends and mentors for me and my wife, but these are heroes to us. They have been so kind to us through the years. And as he said, I first preached here in 2017, and I preached here every year since, and I never, ever take it lightly. I always count it a huge honor. This is like a second family to me. So good to see everybody. Everybody looks so nice tonight. If you have your Bibles, Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6, we're going to have a Bible study tonight. I feel like God has spoken to me very, very clearly for this service. I give honor to my pastor, Pastor Houston. I know he's preaching. He's probably not going to see this, but I'm so thankful for my pastor. I would not be here today if it were not for him and such a merciful God. So I honor him, love him, thankful for his covering, and thankful for him allowing me to be here. I give honor to my family, my wife Summer baby boy Oliver we just celebrated my wife's 30th birthday yesterday so now we are both officially in our 30s and so we are old to some and young to some depending on where you fall but I love my family they typically travel with me but it's just been a very very busy summer it's been a very busy year so I do covet your prayers I'm very thankful for this church and the impact that you have had on our life but I wish they could be here but uh, next time they will be Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. So good to see what God is doing in his youth group. Man. And I'm a youth pastor, so it, it's, it's, I always tend to kind of cater towards students because that's my passion. But I want to give honor to Brother Jordan and Sister Jessica and the team for doing an amazing job. They're... There is a noticeable difference in what God is doing in these young people, not just numerically, 
uh, but since last October, there's a noticeable difference. And I commend the work you're doing. Amen. I'm thankful for youth pastors in 2023. And I give honor to these young people. They are dealing with things that some of us would have never imagined having to deal with at their age. But I'm thankful that God's raising up a generation of powerful young people. Powerful young people that love the truth. And that's going to make a difference. Amen. That's going to make a difference in this city and in this world. Galatians chapter 6 says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. No matter what it looks like, God will not be mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, everybody say due season. We shall reap if we faint not. When you begin to study the word encourage, the etymology and the origin in which it comes from, it comes from a Latin word that has ties to the heart. And literally what it means to encourage somebody is to give heart or to help somebody that is lost heart. They, they, they are faint and they have lost heart. And that's the power of encouraging somebody. You're not just encouraging someone, but literally when you get to the origin, what it means, you're trying to give them heart to keep going. I believe tonight God has given me a word to encourage someone that before you leave this building tonight, you're going to leave encouraged and your mind is going to be made up that I cannot and I will not stop here. But there is more that God has for me in the kingdom of God. I want to preach tonight from this thought, a shall and an if. If you could just lay your Bibles down and one more time, if we could pray together. Jesus, I love you. I'm so thankful for your presence. I'm thankful for your spirit. I'm thankful for your name that has covered our sins. I'm thankful for the truth. God, I'm thankful for salvation, that I've been born again of the water and the spirit. God, I pray tonight that if there's someone here tonight that's never received your spirit or never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, I pray tonight they would experience that. Jesus, I'm asking you to strengthen the faith of every believer tonight. Bring encouragement. God, let there be a spirit of Barnabas in the room tonight. God, strengthen this church. God, I pray that you would minister through me. God, you have spoken to me so clearly. Now, Jesus, I bind every distraction. I bind anything that would try to oppose what you're wanting to do tonight. And I pray that the Spirit would have free course to minister to your people. I speak it now in the name that is above every name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe that God's going to speak tonight, would you clap your hands and lift up your voice? Hallelujah. Come on. I know it's first Wednesday, but you just mix your faith right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice before you're seated. God is going to minister to us tonight. His word is going to strengthen us tonight. His word is going to bring encouragement tonight. Where the word of a king is, there is power. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray right now there'll be a refreshing touch. 
of your spirit. God, I pray that you minister to this local body. God, that you would encourage them to know that there is more that you have for them to do. I bind the lies of the enemy, God, and I pray tonight that the truth of your word would expose every lie of the adversary. God, I pray you strengthen every family. I pray that you would strengthen every marriage tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. I want you to high five somebody and say, you look great tonight, and you may be seated. Come on, tell them, you look great. Amen. You may be seated. So good to see my haircut making its way all the way to Denison, Texas. Amen. Salute to the guys that were willing to buzz their hair. For missions, amen. I believe all the young guys should just do it to be like pastor. They're like, no, nah, bro, I'm not touching this hair. A dying soldier once asked a chaplain to write his former Sunday school teacher a letter. He said, I want you to tell her that I am a Christian because of what she taught me in Sunday school. He sent the message and received the following reply. She said, last month I resigned my Sunday school class for I felt like my teaching had been fruitless. Then came the message from my former student. May God forgive me for my impatience and lack of faith. I will ask my pastor to let me teach again, and I promise by God's grace not to quit. Sometimes sowing, sowing in the kingdom of God, sometimes can look like a losing business. Sometimes teaching, preaching, parenting, trying to do your best to make a difference in the world. Sometimes it feels like we do all we do and there's no evidence of fruit. Because most of the time, the hardest part of the harvest is the wait in between the sowing and the reaping. Yesterday morning around 5.30, I awoke to prepare to start my day and immediately, God put a verse in my spirit for this service tonight. That particular verse is a verse that I have become very familiar with over the past 13 years in my walk with God, but especially in the past few years. I knew immediately upon waking up yesterday morning that God was giving me a very clear direction for this service that I would not just simply preach a message that I preached before, but God was giving me a now word for this church. And today... In prayer and study, God began to unfold everything for me to deliver tonight. That particular verse we read in our hearing is Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 9. When Paul said, to let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes or so really dissecting this verse, but I want on the outset of this message for that word to be an encouragement to somebody that we cannot be weary in well-doing. 
God is not mocked. God is paying attention and God keeps a very good record book. I want you to know that no matter how it may seem on the surface, ma'am and sir, God sees you. He knows what you're doing and your labor is not in vain. Mom and dad, I want you to know that your prayers are not in vain. Grandma and grandpa, I want you to know that your faithfulness is not in vain. Paul starts his verse by saying, let us not be weary in well-doing. Why does Paul tell us to not get weary? Because it's easy to get weary. Furthermore, it's tied to receiving the promise. So Paul said, let me start with this. Do not get weary in well-doing. Notice he did not say, do not get weary, for that would be impossible. Weariness is synonymous with humanity. That is why God has programmed us to need sleep, to need rest. Paul did not tell us to not get weary. Paul told us to not get weary in well-doing. The promise is that we will reap, provided that we faint not in our well-doing. But Paul started by saying, do not get weary in well-doing. The word weary there means to be utterly spiritless, to be exhausted, or to be fainted. Let's just be transparent tonight. Has anybody in the room besides me ever been bombarded with weariness? Where you're in the building, you hear the songs, you hear the message, you feel the presence of God, but it's all that you can do to get up off of your chair, not because you're sinful, not because you're a bad person, but because you are a human, and if you would just be transparent, you're tired. You're fatigued. You're weary. Well, I've come tonight to encourage you and let you know that you are not by yourself. But I'm going to start like Paul started and let you know, don't get weary and well-doing. I know you're going to get tired, but don't get so tired to stop praying. I know you're going to get tired, but don't get so tired you stop giving. I know you're going to get tired, but don't get so tired you stop worshiping. I believe Paul started with this in this particular verse because he understands that most of the time this is where the battle rages. The period in between the sowing and the reaping, the waiting process. It's after you prayed on Sunday and yet there is no evidence of the promise and then Monday shows up. It's after you give sacrificially, standing on the promise of the word of God, that if you give, it shall be given. But you have given, and yet there is no evidence of a blessing to your finances. It's stepping out by faith and saying, I'm going to pray for my prodigal. I'm going to pray for my family, only to go home and have the enemy whisper to you, look at where they're at. And it seems like they're worse now than they've ever been before. It's being sick, praying for a healing, having a prophecy you're going to be made whole. But when you look at yourself, you don't see a healing. You still see the sickness. That is where the battle begins to rage. When the enemy tries to wear away at your mind and at your faith. And we don't have to be alarmed. The Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 7 and verse number 25. That the Antichrist, he was going to speak words against the Most High. And this is what it says he would try to do to the saints of the Most High. The Bible says that the spirit of the Antichrist. Christ would try to wear out 
the thanks of the most high God. Now I understand this is speaking literally about the Antichrist, but 1 John 4 tells us that the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world today. And I can tell you over the last three and a half years, I have never seen it like I've seen it over the last three and a half years where people are worn out mentally. When you begin to study and dissect what that word means in Daniel chapter 7 when it says he's going to try to wear out the saints of the most high God. What it literally means is to harass constantly and to wear away mentally. I have never seen an attack on the mind of the people of God like I have seen in the past few years. It's because Satan understands that he has but a short time. He understands that we are stepping into the fulfillment of the last day harvest and his only hope is that he can wear you out to a place where you throw in the towel. But I've come to preach to you tonight. Pick up that towel, wipe the sweat off your brow and keep cold God is not finished God is not done with your family I know right now you see no evidence of your children coming back but I've come to preach to you tonight be not weary and well doing for in due season you're gonna reap come on somebody lift up your hands all over the room and say God it's me I need you to help my mind Paul instructs us to not get weary in well-doing because he understands there is an enemy at work trying to wear out the mind of the saints of God with his unrelenting battles and pressure, his deception and lies. It seems to be never-ending. He's trying to get you to quit. He's trying to get you to forfeit your promise, forfeit the harvest that God has for you to adapt the mindset of the children of Israel when they made the statement, why didn't you leave us in Egypt? We were better off there. Exodus chapter 14, watch what the Bible says in verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. What, what, what happened? They saw the enemy coming again. They said, oh no, that's Pharaoh again. His unrelenting pursuit to destroy us. And when they saw the enemy who seemed to be never quitting, they cried out to the Lord in verse number 11. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore have you dealt thus with us to carry us out of Egypt? It's not, is this not the word that we did tell you in Egypt, telling you, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this wilderness. What was going on? The children of Israel were stuck in the middle. They had left Egypt, but they were not in the promised land yet. But in between the fulfillment of the promise that God had for them they found themselves in the wilderness and all of a sudden in the middle and on their way to a promise the enemy showed up and it began to play tricks on their mind so much so that they would make the statement it was better that we stayed in Egypt 
because sometimes that pressure from the enemy would get you to think things like it was better when I didn't even live for God life wasn't this hard when I wasn't trying to be faithful but can I tell you the enemy doesn't fight who he already has defeated the reason the enemy didn't fight you when you were in sin is because you were already defeated he only fights that which he's afraid of but I'm going to tell you one day in his courts is better than a thousand elsewhere it was never better in Egypt but the unrelenting pursuit of the enemy played tricks on their mind for them to say you should have let us die in Egypt and then Moses begins to cry out to them and say stand still and see the salvation of the Lord and then Moses cried out to God and watch what God tells him in verse number 15 and the Lord said unto Moses why are you crying out to me here's what I want you to speak to them I want you to tell them to go forward he said the answer to the enemy that's wearing away at your mind and pursuing you to destroy you you know what the answer is the answer is forward you know what the opposite of forward is? Backward. Here's what God was trying to tell them. You know how to deal with the enemy? Keep moving forward. You want to defeat the enemy? Keep moving forward. Make up your mind. I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to drugs. I'm not going back to the world. I'll deal with the enemy by taking one step at a time and say I'm moving forward. I wish somebody would lift up your hands and let the enemy know I'm not going back. I'm going forward. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and say I'm going forward. Come on, lift, lift out a shout of praise that lets God know I'm going forward. I'm not going back. I'm moving forward. I forget those things which are behind me and I'm pressing toward the mark. God told them, this is how you deal with an enemy that seems to be on your trail. You move forward, forward to the promised land. I'm here to preach to somebody. It's time tonight that you make up your mind. I'm moving forward, forward to my healing, forward to my harvest, forward to my children coming home, forward to God strengthening my marriage, forward to God healing my body, forward to me being blessed financially. Now, I know the enemy's trying to wear you away, but God has sent me here to strengthen you tonight and give you a word. We cannot stop here. We are not where God has intended for us to go. We are simply on the way, but we cannot quit. I'm reminded of the British soldiers telling Winston Churchill that Hitler was mounting his attack against England in World War II. And they asked Winston Churchill to give them a speech to speak to a group of soldiers that were discouraged. And some of the Londoners that was discouraged. And he only gave them eight words when he said, never give up. Never, never, never give up. And I've just come to preach to some people that I know you may be tired in your spirit, but God has sent me here from Louisiana with a simple word. You cannot give up now. You cannot throw in the time now you cannot God has brought you too far God has seen you through too much you're too close to the promised land now come on mama you're too close to seeing the promise come to pass
I know you're tired. I know you're weary. I know you're fatigued. That God has sent me with a very simple word tonight. That he is going to come tonight in this room and give you rest to keep going. Here's what the Bible prophesied in Isaiah chapter 28. For precept shall be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Verse number 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. He was talking about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What is that going to be for? Verse number 12. He said to whom he said, this is the rest wherein you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing. Can I tell you, the Holy Ghost is not just for salvation one time. It was not the end of something. It was the beginning of something and the same spirit that saved you is the same spirit that's going to sustain you. May we never relegate the Spirit of God to one time at the altar. And we must understand it's His Spirit that gives me rest. I'm going to tell you how it works. I'm going to tell you how it works. Anyone ever came to a service, you didn't tell anybody, but you knew. I'm at my week 10. I don't know how much more I can take. If something doesn't happen in this service, I don't know if I can make it. Anybody ever felt that way? Be honest. Pastor don't know. My husband or wife may not know. My friend down the road doesn't know. But if God, if you don't do something tonight, I don't know if I can make it. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God begins to move and minister. And you walk through those doors thinking, I don't know if I can make it another day. But something happened when the Holy Ghost began to minister. And then all of a sudden you came and you got the mindset that, you know what? God didn't bring me this far for me to give up on him now. And you came in discouraged, but you left encouraged. You came in with your head held down, but you walked out knowing I'm a child of God and there is nothing that can defeat me. What happened? Here's what happened. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You know what happens when you come into the presence of the Lord? There is a refreshing. It's fresh again. Your faith is fresh again. Your boldness is fresh again your encouragement is fresh again when you begin to dig into what that word refresh means in the Greek here's what it literally means a cooling a refreshing a catching of the breath or a revival listen to me sometimes revival isn't just people praying through from sin 
Sometimes revival is the people of God praying through the weariness. Because sometimes we come in church, oh God, I don't know if I can do this. Oh God, my marriage is falling apart. Oh God, my children are worse now than they've ever been before. And it seems like spiritually you can't catch your breath and you feel spiritually dehydrated like you're about to have a spiritual heat stroke and then all of a sudden the spirit begins to move and there is a refreshing and then there is a cooling and all of a sudden you catch your breath spiritually and then you come to your right mind. And you say, if God be for me, then who can be against me? That what God has put together, nobody can divide. My family's going to make it. My marriage is going to make it. My children are going to make it. Because the refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. Come on, somebody lift up your hands. And let God refresh your faith right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. If you're tired in the building, lift up your voice. The Spirit has come tonight to refresh you, to refresh your faith to refresh your mind, to not be weary in well-doing. We're gonna read it again, Galatians 6 and 9. Let us be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Paul started by telling us we cannot be weary in well-doing. Then he gets to the promise. For in due season, we shall reap. There are two Greek words for time in the New Testament. Chronos is the first, which is chronologically. Seconds, minutes, hours. It would be me saying it's 746 on Wednesday night. But the second word for time is kairos, which is an appointed time or a set time. Chronos deals with time. Kairos deals with timing. Chronos is decided by the clock. Kairos is decided by God. It's a set time. It's a due season. It's that moment where God shifts everything. Genesis 18 is proof of a set time. The Bible says, is anything too hard for the Lord? He says, at the time appointed, I'm going to return to you, Abraham, to you and Sarah, and according to the time of life, and Sarah's going to have a son. Sarah, I know you're too old. I know you feel like God forgot about his promise. I know you and Abraham messed it up by going to, a, by going to another lady and having Ishmael, but I want you to know, Abraham and Sarah, I have a set time, and I have an appointed time for you. Three chapters later, Genesis 21 and verse number one says, And the Lord visited Sarah as he said, because that's the kind of God he is. If he says it, he's going to do it. Now, I didn't necessarily come to preach on that, but I'm going to tell somebody, you're standing on a word that God gave you with no evidence, but I'm here to tell you, if God said it, it's going to happen.
The Bible says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. I'm telling somebody right now, I'm telling the family, I'm telling the family right now, the devil is lying to you and trying to convince you to forfeit your faith, to give up on the promises of God because he's, he knows what God has spoken to you, but it seems like because of the duration of time between the initial giving of the promise and the fulfilling of the promise, you're growing weary and you're not sure if it's going to happen, but I'm telling you, if he said it, yeah. he's going to do it. Read on, Genesis 21 and 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had spoken. Verse 2. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time that God had spoken to him. There is a difference between time and timing. Time is dictated by the clock, but timing is dictated by God. And we never know when the due season is coming. It's not our job to predict the due season. It's our job to prepare for it. And you don't prepare for a re-reaping unless you begin to sow. And I'm going to tell you, once the rain starts falling, it's too late to put seeds in the ground. You got to prepare ahead of time. You got to pray ahead of time. You got to fast ahead of time why are we sowing because at any moment pastor the reaper can start at any moment the seed can burst through the dirt and there could be life that begins to spring up. At any moment, your son can walk through that back door and say, I've been in the pig pen long enough. I've come to my senses and I'm ready to come back to the Father's house. At any moment, God can perform the miracle which you never thought he could perform. God can unlock the barren womb. God can put the family. You never know when the due season's gonna happen. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Don't give up before the due season does happen because I'm telling you Abraham and Sarah no matter what it looks like if God says you're going to have a son you better paint the room you better get the crib because you're going to have a son I stand preaching tonight to people who have a promise no evidence what do you do God said, I'm going to have a son. And the husband and wife have done what they need to do. There's no pregnancy. What do you do? You got a promise. And there's no evidence. Here's what I've learned to do. You stand on the word that God gave you. And you stand on it by faith. Because faith is the substance of of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things not seen. When I don't have the evidence that the promise is happening, I have faith to know that God, you have never lied to me. You have never failed me. There are immutable laws in the Bible. One is that God cannot lie. The Bible says it is impossible for him to lie. The second 
the law of the harvest is immutable. We are going to reap what we sow. That is why it is important that we guard the seeds that we sow. But I'm preaching to people tonight who are in the in-between season of sowing and reaping. You have a ministry you feel like is stuck. You have a family you feel like is stuck. You have a promise you feel like is dead. But I'm telling you, God has sent me here to let you know to be not weary and well-doing. For in due season you shall reap. But here's what I've come to preach to you tonight. You stand on the shall. Listen to me. The shall is connected to an if. Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not be weary and well do it. For in due season we shall. We love the word shall. Shall. Shall is a powerful word in the Bible. But there's not many times in the Bible that shall is two words away from an if. But Paul said in Galatians 6, you shall reap if you faint not. When I woke up yesterday morning at 5.30, here's what the Lord quickened in my spirit. And I brought it to my pastor because he's a lot smarter than me. I said, listen, I just want to be sure that I'm biblically accurate. I said, is it possible for us to forfeit the harvest and the promise by walking away? And he said, absolutely. And then I began to think about it. The biggest, the biggest reaping and harvest ever will be eternity. When God brings us home and we sow, bishop, with our life. We're sowing because one day the trumpet's going to sound and that's going to be the gathering of the saints of God. But you know how I forfeit that? I forfeit that by walking away. And I'm telling somebody right now, we're too close to the harvest to walk away. I don't know if there's people in this room that you've been debating it, but I'm telling you right now, there's too much on the line to quit now. But not just in eternity, there's too many souls on the line for you to quit. You've got too many seeds in the ground for you to quit. The enemy knows, listen to me, the enemy knows the only way you forfeit the promise of God is to quit. So the enemy, I believe that's why Paul started by telling us to not be weary. The enemy works tirelessly to wear you out because his end goal is for you to quit, to give up, and to walk away. Because the word faint in the Greek literally means to quit or to make feeble through exhaustion. You know what the enemy's goal is? Is to get you so tired and so weary and so fatigued and so worn out that you say, I can't do this anymore. I don't know. I don't know if I can keep teaching this class. I don't know if I can keep preaching. I don't know if I can keep singing. I'm telling somebody right now, the enemy has been in your ear trying to get you to quit because here's what he knows. The devil cannot stop someone that will not stop and his only hope is that you throw in the towel because as long as you don't quit, you're going to win.
I'm telling you truth church the testimony of everybody in heaven is going to be I simply never walked away how did you get here I kept going I kept praying I kept sowing I kept believing I know you think you're just showing up to midweek Bible study, put your sowing seeds in the ground and sowing God. I'm still here. I still believe. But when we quit, listen to me. When we quit, we forfeit the harvest that is promised to us. How many people have walked away just before? The due season. How many marriages have been broken? Because somebody just said, I give up. How many children are wayward? It's always, it's always troubled me. What would have happened had the prodigal son came home and the father and the older brother had left too? What would have happened? Had he had no place to go back to. You know what the only hope was for the prodigal son? Is that there's still somebody in the father's house. What, what hope do the prodigals of this county and this city have? If they just want to come back home, Bishop. The people you taught Bible studies to. The family members you taught Bible studies to. What hope do they have if they get here and everybody got so tired they backslid? You know what their hope is? Their hope is when they come. There's people that still believe. There's restoration in this house. Their hope is. There's hope is that there's somebody in this building that still believes that Jesus is a healer. There's somebody in the building that still believes that Jesus is a way maker. There's somebody in the building that still believes that Jesus can deliver the drug addict. There's somebody in the building that still believes it's not over. God is able. There's got to be somebody that says, you know what? I understand my shall is connected to an if, and I shall reap if I don't quit. Sister Ginger, there's got to be somebody who says, there were days I wanted to quit, but I'm a testimony. She's a testimony that God is able. Thank God there's people we can look at. Paul said, you are our epistle known and read of all men. Sometimes when they don't have a Bible, they got to have a believer that they can look at. Your proof. Your proof. Your proof that I can make it. Your marriage is proof that my marriage can make it. But they won't have that if you walk away. I'm telling somebody, don't quit. Don't faint. I want everybody in the building to lift up your hands. I've made up my mind. My mother is watching right now. I got in the church 13 years ago with a promise 
that if I'll serve God, he'll reach my family. And I baptized my mom in Jesus' name. I've been able to pray for her, and God healed her of cancer. She's watching right now. You know why I would never quit? I have a wife. I have a son. I have a mother. I have people in the city of Bogalusa. I have young people that God has connected me to, and I refuse to be so selfish. They get so caught up in my situation to walk away from God and affect a residue of souls. Somebody's got to make up your mind. I'm not quitting. I'm not throwing in the towel. I don't care how hard it gets. I'm going to stand. But the shall is connected to the if. You shall reap if you don't faint. Listen to me. In your continuance, in your standing, you're laying hold to the promise that God, you are bound by your word that as long as I stay, you have to fulfill every one of your promises in my life. I want you to stand with me. There's two more verses the Lord gave me for this night. Psalm 126 and verse number 5. They that sow in tears. There's been some tears shed. He loved will so to You thought it was just salty water that dripped off your face into the carpet, but I'm telling you, it was saturating the soil of the seed that's been planted. And the Bible says, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I'm telling you, let the tears flow because God is going to fulfill his word. I want somebody to lift up your faith and just let it out right now. God, you're not a man that you would lie to me. Come on, young people. You got to know from a young age, it's more than tears streaming down my face. I'm soaking the seed of the promise that God gave me. Listen to me. Brother Dan and Sister Ginger, listen to me. That's not where he stopped. Go to the next verse. Verse 6. He that goeth forth bearing precious seed. It's just a seed right now. I'm just a weeper right now with seeds in my hand. Seeds are not the goal. But the seeds turn into something. But you know what? I may be weeping right now, and I've got seeds in my hand. What are you doing? I'm praying for this church. I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for those prodigals. I'm praying for my marriage. I'm praying for my children. I'm praying for my ministry. But then there's a shift that happens. Because you never really know when it's coming. But the Bible says that he that goeth forth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again. 
You know what that means? I didn't give up when it was just in the phase of seeds. I didn't give up when there was no evidence. I just had seed. Sister Ginger, I didn't get up. I didn't give up when I was sick in my body. I know I wept many days on a hospital bed, just soaking seeds in the ground that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. But there is a day that it shifts and the seed turns into a sieve. The promise gets fulfilled and no longer are you weeping, but you come rejoicing and you've got the evidence. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. I'm telling somebody, this church is on the precipice of a shift where you go from a weeper to a reaper and you say, look what the Lord has done. I want somebody to step out by faith and say, I claim it for my life. I claim that word for my life. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with the sieve in his hand. The key, the key to the harvest is staying. The key to the harvest is remaining. Sir, the key to the harvest is you making your mind up. No matter what hell throws at me, I'm not leaving. The key to the harvest, ma'am, is you making up your mind. I will not quit. I feel such a prophetic urgency on me right now for this church. This isn't just a word for you individually, but this is a word for you as a church. You've had many years where you wept and you put the seeds in the ground, but the Lord says tonight begins to shifting where the seed turns into a sieve. Every promise, hata, rabbi it will return. And it's not going to return void, but God is going to do what he said. Sister Gilbert, I want you to come and pray for Pastor Darren and Sister Ginger. God's going to continue the work that you and your husband started. Things you may not have seen come to pass. I'm telling you right now, he that goeth forth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again. There is a harvest. There is a harvest. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Soto Rabbi Yakataya Dalabahata Rabbi Yaya claim it, claim it, claim it. I know you're weary, but there's a refreshing happening to let you know you can't give up. There's a harvest here. There's a harvest here. There's a harvest. Come on, young ladies, don't quit. God, I'm gonna stay faithful. He la ba ya ya da la 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 ba ya ya da la ba. 
God strengthen every family. I want you to link up with somebody right now and I want you to begin to pray one for another. Come on, the Bible says wherever two or three can agree, it shall be established. I want you to agree with somebody right now. We're going to stand together. We're going to be strong together. You're not by yourself. There's a harvest that God promised me. There's a harvest that God promised you. We're going to see it. We're going to see it. The shall is connected to an if, but I'm deciding tonight. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to quit because I want the shout of the harvest. Come on, true church. Lift up your voice and pray. Come on, that's it, Brother Gary, Brother Jonathan, those working in the booth. We're believing together. There's more for my ministry. There's more for my family. There's more for my future. Come on, that's it, true students. We're going to stand together. We're going to believe together. In the name of Jesus, I believe tonight is a turning point for people right now. Come on, press in the name of Jesus. There is a refreshing that's happening. There is a shift that's taking place. I'm going to hold on to the shell of the promise of the harvest because I'm making up my mind. I will not faint. I will not quit. Come on, I want you to really be sensitive right now and pray one for another. Come on, Tate and Creed, that's it, buddy. Establish it right now from a young age. I want everything God has for me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, I know you've been through some dark times, but I'm telling you there is light in the evening time. God knows where you're at. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you battled through. He knows what you per persisted through. And there is something that's coming in the name of Jesus. Come on, I need some people to help me pray right now. Pray till you pray in the spirit. I need some prayer words to help me right now. 
Come on, church. There's an open door tonight. I'm asking you to please unmiss it right now. Jesus. Come on, the same chapter that says be not weary and well doing. The same chapter tells us bear one another's burdens. We need each other right now. We need each other right now. Maybe a mother can pray with another mother and say, you know what? I'm going to pray for your children. I want you to pray for my children. Let a husband pray for another husband and say, I'm going to pray for your family. Pray for my family.
Church, I want you to hear me for just a moment. I feel such a word in my spirit. I don't claim to be a prophet, but I know when I feel the Holy Ghost moving on me to prophesy, and I'm telling you what I feel so strongly in my spirit. When we drove up on the campus today, and I saw all of the renovations, all of the updates, all of the changes, all of the progress, something, something ignited in my spirit. And then it just kind of went away. And then when I was walking right there and I looked at Pastor Dan, the Holy Ghost nudged me and said, tell this church what they've been doing in the natural. They've been doing in the spirit. You're not just preparing a campus that looks aesthetically pleasing to guests that wants to show people we have a spirit of excellence. But you are building a place for this city to come to. You are building a refuge. You are building a lighthouse. God sees your labor. Listen to me. God sees your labor. He sees your sacrificial giving. Somebody hear me. You're not just putting dollars in an offering to transform truth. I'm telling you, you're building a lighthouse for this county and this city. And God sees it. And you know what you're doing? You are preparing for the due season. Listen to me. When the rain begins to fall, when the latter rain begins to fall, you're not going to be scrambling, trying to put, you've already put the seeds in the ground. And Pastor Darren, what you've been doing in the fiscal, and I know you've been tolling, and I know you've been laboring, and I know you've been doing a lot of work, but it's more than just sheetrock and mud and studs and, and building new bathrooms and, and new gym. You're preparing a place in the spirit. You're showing God, I care about this place, God. I want this place for the alcoholic to come. I want this place for the broken family to come. I want this place for the backslider to come and what you've been transforming in the natural it's reflecting in the spirit and God told me to tell you to get ready I'm telling somebody to get ready. Listen to me. It could be your kids that's in the harvest. It could be your nephews and nieces that's in the harvest. But I'm telling somebody, you cannot quit now. You cannot stop now. you got to stay. I know there's elders in the building. You don't have to get up elders. You can pray sitting down. But if you're able and you're in this church, I want you to come close to the front. I want you to receive this word right now. He I'm telling you, you can mark it down. September the 6th, 2023 was the start of something. It's not because I'm here. It's because it's the right timing. The Holy Ghost is speaking to this church. You've been tolling. You've been laboring. You've been working. You've been putting seeds in. You've been giving financially. You've been working. You've been doing everything you know to do. And there's been slight evidence of fruit. But I'm telling you, there is an abundance coming. There is an abundance coming. Jesus said the harvest is here and it's ready. I just need laborers. But I'm in a church right now. You're not lacking laborers. God is going to do it because he sees your work. And it's not, it's not in vain. I know what it's like to have a promise from God and to pray and to fast. It seems like I'm being ignored. And then I know what it's like on a dime for God to change everything. And all of a sudden it's like a flood was opened up. 
family members started coming into church. God started opening doors. Things started happening. And it doesn't take God long to do something. But you've been preparing. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Brother Darren, I want you to lift up your hand, Sister Ginger, Bishop, Sister Gilbert. And now, church, I want you to join him with your hands in the air. And on the count of three, we're going to let out a shout. And we're going to pray. God sees you, truth, church. Come on, on the count of three, we're going to let out a shout of faith. And I want you to just begin to pray and worship in the spirit. Come on, one. We're staying. And we're going to experience everything God has for us. Two. Three. Lift up your voice. Come on, shout. Shout. Shout for your family. Shout for this city. One more time, would you clap your hands under the Lord, all you people? Thank you, Jesus. Would you shout, I believe? Come on, somebody shout, I believe. I believe it. Praise God. Let's continue to sow. Let's continue to sow this week. Before you leave this place, there's a lot of spots over there. On that 24-hour prayer sheet, I want to encourage you to go over there and fill out your name. Let's keep the spirit with us. Let it burn in us. Let it burn in us all the way until men's conference men, all the way until Sunday, ladies. Sow into somebody, speak into somebody's life, and watch it happen. Amen? Watch it come to pass. Amen? It's going to happen. Amen? Praise God. Let's magnify the Lord one more time. Praise God. We thank you.